evening and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. show tonight we've got the captain of Yeovertown standing in for Luke Wilkinson it's Mr Josh Staunton and Ricky Hyatt's here Hilda no less always Hilda and me and that's it tonight. No, it's not. I forgot Tom White. Tommy's here as well. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And that's kind of an operative word today, as you can imagine, because I feel I feel shattered. But I will introduce you with my guest for tonight. We've got Rick Hyatt, of course, a fellow Red. All right, Rick? Yeah, as well as can be expected, I guess. Yeah, same as me. Hilda? Hilda? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Wake up, Hilda. Uh, looking forward to why are you looking forward to it then? Because are you a, are you a, a, a are you a sadist or what? He's a horrible human. Yeah, exactly. Ah, I was referring to the I was referring to the fact that uh, Josh's boys uh, won at Dagenham, obviously. Yeah, I <laughs> bet you were. I bet you were. And anyway, Josh is here. Hi, Tom Josh. White is in my lobby. Oh, Tom White's here. Then that's good. So, yeah, yeah just I guess, let him in the lobby. Yeah, he's born in the lobby. Good evening, Tom. Evening, sorry, yeah, a bit late, bit, 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 bit caught up in traffic. Getting... Yeah, I said that. I said, well, we'll get started and then you'll, you'll arrive. And sure enough, you just arrived, so that's good. Pleasure. So, Pleasure. well, I guess there's only one topic to talk about for the moment. And uh, much as I know it's going to hurt. I'm sure you guys, I'm going to let you start, Hilda, because you said you've got a lot to say. So let's hear it then. <laughs> well, um, so obviously I'll, I know that you boys, um, Tom, Rick, AD, I know you'll have um, 
your your say on this in a moment because it affects your your team and i'll be interested to hear to hear what you've got to say but i think if we um just take it in terms of uh the performance on saturday i think a decision was always going to happen after um the display that they put in at watford but as we've spoken about on this um on this pod- podcast for more than one occasion now since the start of the season that this is something that's probably been uh, coming for for a little while. Um, I'd like to hear what you boys think about it in terms of um, obviously Ollie's a, a legend at the club that's well documented but you know in the end it was the you know the kindest thing to do really for for both parties. Um, my what I did find a little bit bizarre is um, the talk of Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer this weekend um, because it's like it's like he's passed away this weekend the way that people were talking about him i found it really bizarre in the way that he's being talked about particularly um that the way that some of the fans have spoken about him this weekend considering what they said about him last weekend was not quite as polite shall we say (laughs) and um i appreciate that's just the way that it goes with um with football fans and football in general um I did find the exit interview a bit strange. I thought it was really good to hear from him and how, you know, fit, you know, really upset he was. And I thought it was very brave of him to do that. But I thought it was a bit odd that they put him in that situation. Um, but I guess they felt that it was something that, you know, would have been seen as um, United doing all that they could to show Ollie that okay, it hasn't worked out as a manager, but we, you know we still very much have a lot of love for you. And at the end of the day, it would have been Ollie's decision whether he did that interview or not. So I thought that was a bit a bit strange. But um, I think the fear for me now, if I was a United fan, is the talk of somebody coming in until the end of the season. Is there not a danger? Rick, I'll throw it at you straight away. Is there no danger that if Michael Carrick <laughs> does quite well for you between now and the end of the season that you might end up going through this all over again? That's how I would take from it. Let me let me step in there while he's stuffing his face with it. Um, <laughs> first of all, there's, there's a bit of an update on that because the Manchester Evening News are reporting at the moment that... Um, uh, Pooch is, is, is over tomorrow uh, to play in the Champions League. Uh, so he's going to be in Manchester. Uh, he doesn't want to stay at PSG particularly by all accounts. His wife's, um, you know, he, she's in England and he's over there. And he has to stay in a hotel. And it looks as though he's, he's more or less said, look, I'm quite happy to come now. I'll ditch PSG and I'll come now. Now, obviously, if that happens... That'll save all this interim, interim, interim business. But it'll also cost United one hell of a lot of money because it's already cost them seven and a half million to pay off Ollie. Um, but on the other hand, he seems to be the man that we want. Um, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But it certainly sounds as though it's moving at a, a bit of a pace at the moment, judging by the stuff that's coming over in these little things you get on your phone, you know? Define we. Hmm? Define we, the man that we want. Well, the United <laughs> want, then, put it that way. Yeah, because we, we trust the Glazers to make a sensible appointment. They've messed it up every opportunity they've had, and Pochettino would be exactly the same. 
You know Rated Room? Do you think? No, not at all. What's he won? Nothing yet. He needs a bigger and he needs a bigger and better manager than uh, somebody who couldn't cut it at Tottenham to come in and uh, sort what's going on at United. United, the, the it's I don't know. It's difficult to say. The, the club is an absolute shambles at the moment, and it needs somebody to come in and sort the whole thing out from top to bottom. And it all starts at the top. And my worry is that as long as the Glazers have got their little cash cow. It's not going to get sorted. It's not a priority for them. We turned into Arsenal under Arsene Wenger. As long as we finish in the top four and manage to qualify for the Champions League and get the money that comes from that and they can take their 20 million dividend or whatever it is, there's no ambition. There's no need to do anything. Old Trafford's turning into a theme park. It's just the wrong people. And it's very frustrating when you look at owners that come into clubs and want to be competitive and want to push the club on, and then you look at the shower that United have got. Don't disagree so, with what you're saying. I must admit... It's I the wrong time to lose a manager as well. Yeah. Dodged a bullet not getting Conte, because that would have been Mourinho, Van Hal, Mark II. Um, I don't... I, the only one out there at the moment, I think, if Luis Enrique is distancing himself from it, but mm. never say never, would be Ten Stag because he's got a philosophy that goes right the way through. But I don't... I see Pochettino as just being... I don't think Luis Enrique is a good choice either now, is he? What's he really done? Managed Barcelona. Won the, well, yeah, but that's... Won, won I'm not being funny. That's a fairly, fairly good chance of winning something there, aren't you, if you take that squad? But then there's also the fact that there must be something about him because he's being lined up to replace Pep when he leaves City. Oh. So, I don't know. It's, I, don't know. It's I, think, I think it's and a tricky no, one. There's no danger of, there's no danger of Michael Carrick being offered it full-time because he's not going to win nine in a row. So, United got giddy. I said it last time I was on. that The mistake was made with Ollie. The mistake was made appointing him full-time in the first place. You, Rick, you might just, Rick, just on that. You've Back just then. touched. You've just touched on the fact that there might not be any suitable candidates out there. But doesn't that make it even more appealing from United's point of view to possibly appoint Carrick? Because this is where we are at the moment, no, of course, where we no, just don't Carrick. know who is no, likely no, to come no, in. No, no, the thing no, is, no. It, it, all, it all it all depends on how much of an influence Carrick and McKenna and Phelan, who are all still there from the coaching staff, had on Ollie's. Exactly. Day to day. It's going to have the same regimes. At the moment, all that's happened is the front man's changed. The bloke that was getting all the rubbish. And as, as far as the um, state saying about it, it felt like he had died, I think that's possibly a reaction of the decent people over the poisonous, toxic fan cameras and social media ass mm. biscuits that have been on at him. What that chap, what that bloke's had to put up with, regardless of what happens on the field of play, from your your little fan cameras who are desperate for like ticks and likes and shares and all that rubbish, he's had to put up with so much crap from that that is disproportionate to the job he's done and disrespectful. And that's possibly, and probably, I would imagine, why the club gave him the send off like they did. And like you say, it does sound like it's a tribute, like he's passed away. But I think he deserved that as a balance. Yeah, the, but, the but don't people. don't you think though that that was kind of indicative of Ollie the man in that 
he probably didn't want to do it, as, as Jamie Carragher said. You know, once you've just got the sack, you want to get the hell out of the place, don't you? You don't want to have to go and sit in front of cameras and start doing a doing a piece to camera. But it was kind of he was yeah, he was of, he was too nice to say no. It'll be part of the agreement, though, won't it? It's if you do this and do this and we'll do this, and then you'll get this and all that. Well, okay. maybe, but you know, you just would have thought he would have said, "No, no, that's it. You, you've sat me now. I'm, I'm off." Um, but, he, but he hasn't done yeah, it. Unfortunately, what... I think that's part of Ollie's problem. Is he's probably too nice and he ain't got the balls yeah. to stand up for himself and do something like that. And that's probably why he's in the position he is because mm. he, he doesn't. He's not strong enough to make those difficult decisions. Yeah, he that's needed an assistant manager to be the bad cop. Yeah, really. Well, someone with a stick. Tom, what do you think? You're a, you're yeah, a supporter. I think, so. I think the manager has to be that man. The manager, the manager has to be that man. Do you know what I mean? He's the manager. He that's it's his job. You know, the assistant manager obviously is there to assist him in what he wants to do. You know, it's in any in any walk of life. Someone has to manage. You can't have multiple managers. One person manages, and he tells everyone else what to do. And I know it's a bit old school, um, but that's that's what it's got to be like. That's, Fergie didn't have all that. He didn't have people, you know, telling or making decisions and things. He made all the decisions and backed himself when he made them. Um, he was very hands-off on the coaching side as well because there was a, a, yeah. a, a um, conveyor belt of assistant managers that came in um, and yeah. kept, the, kept the training fresh. And I think Oli tried yeah. to do that, but he didn't have coaching staff that have got the respect of the players. Well, no, and in fairness, if you look at them, why, why, why should they? Yeah, you know, when you look at them, I mean, I, I haven't studied it. Don't get me wrong, but you've got this young lad who's come from Tottenham. You've got this McKenna kid. You know, that's, I'm not being funny. They should have some really high-profile people there. I think they need a, a full clear out. Get rid of Carrick. Get rid of them all. Get rid of all of them and get someone in and back them and give them their whole team. If it's Pochettino. Right, fine. I'm not sure whether it'll work or not. I mean, we could all have different opinions on it and none of us could be right. At the end of the day, he is, I think he is a good manager. Um, will it work? Don't know. We honestly, No one can say whether it will or won't with any manager. But let's make a decision and back him and go for it. Josh, you, you, you haven't said anything yet. You, you, have you been, first of all, have you been at a club when the manager's changed? Oh yeah, and I think my first year at Charlton, in my year at Charlton, I think I had five managers. Yeah, so I've definitely had. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've had seconds of managers, and it's never easy. It's, it's not nice for the group of players. But um, I remember saying last week, like when in Dave, in response to Dave saying about the video, the whole Premier League's like a, it's like WWE. It's, it's like a story. The whole thing. One week, one minute the fans are calling him all sorts of names, and next week they're saying how he's a human being and he's you need to protect his feelings. It's just the way of the world, isn't it? People just yeah. people people think they can say things without actions. Like you wouldn't walk up someone in the street and they wouldn't dare say something like that to you. So in all honesty, I feel completely sorry for him. I think the players need to look at themselves. Like if that was me, I'd I'd be I'd be ashamed. Mm. Because regardless, tactically, it doesn't matter what you do. The players may not have on that pitch shouldn't be walking out and getting rolled over four one by Watford. The captain doesn't lead by example. A good good teams don't need managers. Good teams are run on the pitch by the players and the captains in the dressing room. Doesn't professional pride mean that you put a shift in anyway, Josh? Regardless, but, but that's I, Rick, I think I think football's gone, mate. I think top level football is gone. 
Yeah. I listened to Tom there saying, like, the coaches, it doesn't matter what the coach has done in the game. You understand the hierarchy. You're a footballer. They're the coach. Yeah. Like, you don't, they don't have to earn your respect. They have your respect because that's their role. And they, like, they and, should and have. Completely, but again, I that's, that's, that's part of what we're saying here. That's what, that's, what I'm saying, that's, what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, Tom. Like I think, yeah. I, I think like, they don't when, when you grew up and when like the, the level I play at, you don't have to like we understand we're not. Yeah, yeah. Sort of it should be. Yeah, we're, it we're, should be automatic. Think, it should be a respect now, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think now, like who in who in their who in all honesty can go in and tell Ronaldo what to do if, if that because he's done more than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it makes football very hard when you're dealing with egos like this. Impo- virtually well, impossible. That's the thing is. And how, look, Darren Way used to say years ago when he was at Yeovil, he'd say, Tom, I can't motivate some of these players. You can't do it. He said, exactly. you know, some of them have been at Chelsea. Some of them have been at Chelsea on stupid money. They yeah. don't care. They haven't got, they're not worried about where their mortgage payments coming from or how much money they got this weekend. They're minted, some of these lads. Yeah. It's not It's not a financial thing. They don't, it's hard to motivate players. And, and I, think, I think a lot of them, a lot of them. Said, unless you have it. Unless you have it yourself within you and it's in your makeup, it's hard to to get it out of someone that doesn't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Naturally, do it. And I don't think any of them realise now how I think they're just in a complete. They're disillusioned. I don't think they have any idea how lucky they are. No, like, you don't do it for the manager. At the end of the day, you don't do it for the manager. You do it for the people in the stands. You well, and yourself it. and your self pride and your, yeah, exactly. your you know your, your family and friends and. Whatever else, whatever but like you say, that self pride. I've been reading things about it this weekend, and I think, oh, and I see like in the news, all the players are looking sad. The players never take the bullet, like you say. The, the manager is always the full guy, isn't he, Tom? Always, you have yeah. to be that guy. Yeah. It's a rough of the smooth. It's easy but, to yeah. sack one manager and not exactly. players, isn't it? But but I'm telling you now, a good an old Manchester United team walks onto that pitch if Ferguson's there or not. And does and and they know and they do their job because they're also proud to be Man United players. Yeah, but then look, sometimes and I'm, again, I'm not necessarily saying it, but sometimes that's like an ethos that is there at the training ground and everywhere you go. You know, every time you walk in the dressing room, every time you get on the bus, every time you get changed to go somewhere, if you're walking down the street and you see the manager, that can be an ethos that that manager has set. And oh, absolutely, yeah, like you have that. They have. I'm that. not saying. What's yeah, yeah, like yeah, they have that. Like they walk in the room, everyone stops talking. Yeah, exactly. Of... And that's that's the sort of thing like a manager who commands that. And I'm not saying Ollie doesn't have it, but he, from what people are saying, he, he wanted to be nice and he wanted to be friends and he wanted to get on with them. <laughs> They're all saying he's a very you know a, a genuine human being, and that's great to hear. But that's not what this job is about. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do it the old school way anymore. I think that's why so many managers can't withstand the test of time because the players are just different animals. Yeah, it's definitely a different... It's yeah, different. You cannot say, like I said, like, recruitment, if you're making... Like Maguire, he should be embarrassed. Like, the, way he's, the way he's conducted himself as captain of Manchester United, you look at his press conferences, there's no emotion. It's like talking to a robot. Yeah, but he is, though, isn't he? He's, that's, unfortunately, I think, again, a lot of players are like that and the way they've been taught... And, not half like, the time they just repeat what the manager's just told them in the dressing rooms. What, what difference? What difference is the yeah. manager going to make then? You can't put in what God left out. You can't have to give someone a, a backbone and a spine. No, it doesn't matter who the but next manager is. You're still dealing with the same the same crop of players. No, but we 
we've all, like, I'm sure you've had it, and I've definitely had it, where, you know, there's some managers you think, oh, I can get away with this, he won't sing that yeah, thing, yeah. Or, you know. And I'm only talking about whether it's a bit of joking around or whether it's, a you know, saying something that you don't think one manager might respect or whereas yeah, you know, yeah, another definitely. manager will let yeah. it go sort of thing. Don't be like Ian Holloway or, or, yeah, you know, certain managers I've played with, just old school, and they just, they just, they just command respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas with Ian Holloway, he wants to be a laugher and a joker most of the time as well. And you'd be thinking, well, you know, he, he, he might find this funny, he might not. But some of them imagine you just wouldn't have done that in front of because they're yeah, old yeah. school and they don't think it's funny and they're there to do business, you know. And again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but things like Fergie and, you know, some of my old managers, you, you came to a soup. Some people want soups for training. I'm not saying yeah, I agree yeah. with that. But in, the, in their mind, it sets a tone that you're coming to work. It's business. It's not, you're not yeah, here yeah, pissing about with your mates. No, but, but, okay, I'm not saying that's wrong, but it's, it's, it's things along those lines that, you know, it's setting a tone that you're coming to perform age, here. It's not, do you think in this day and age there'll, you can ever be another, there'll ever be another Ferguson? Because I don't, I don't think there's... No, no, not at all. But you said as well, the money in it, the money in it is too, it's too high profile, there's too many, there's so much sports science going on, there's so many parameters nowadays that have a big bearing on it. Um, yeah. And obviously, then then you've got you know look you know the changes of social activities and whatever the case may be, um, and so many sort of um, in outside influences that it would be unlikely for certain. I mean, obviously, Man City you could say to a degree are dominating if you want, but yeah, they've got yeah. competition for it. Um, yeah, I don't think there'll ever be you know that again. Like Man United dominating like they have done, or, or anything. I don't even mean the domination. Like I mean the twenty-five year stint. No, because it's, like, it'd be there was seasons where United dominate, wasn't there? Yeah. So did you go yeah, Simeone? Question, question is, uh, Diego Simeone's coming in with his big stick and sort them all out. That's one way. Mm. He's about the only manager that Matt seems or comes across as managing in that sort of style now. But, but I would argue, I would argue, Atletico haven't got massive egos. No. So it's easy to manage a team when you're all pulling in the same direction. No one wants to be the centre of attention. They've had, they've had um, Diego, what's his name, Diego, set forward that Chelsea had. Costa. Um, yeah. Uh, you, can Suarez, you can cope with one or two. Yeah. But when you've got, like, everyone pulling in different directions, it must be virtually... I've, I feel sorry for him, personally. I think, like, he's been... It's like trying to hurt cats. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's the full guy. And, yeah. he's, and he'll take, yeah. the, take the blame, but, but as a group of players... Yeah, but, uh, I, I, but as as a manager, realistically, he never really, being fair and honest, he never really had the credentials when he got the job. Oh no, no, he, he, really. that's the problem. He was thrown in the deep end, and he wasn't capable, was he? Really? But the thing is, he was no. ideal for what he actually got brought in to do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah. don't get wrong, gave him the job, and that's madness. You, yeah, but he had you. You had to give him the job. He'd done so well, and they were playing so well. You had to give him the job. Or if you gave him the job. Wait until the end of the season. Don't give him the job after he's just won nine games. Because if you look back, United's form fell off a cliff as soon as he got the contract. So, so it could happen until the end of the season. It could happen again. Then it could. I'm not saying it will. Well, yeah, but it could. You've happen got to learn again. by your mistakes, not you? With these owners, anything could happen. Uh, they're in a very hard place. I think. I personally think Man United is in a very, very difficult place now. I think it's a bit of a poison chalice to take over. Yeah. I'll be I honest, think. I don't I don't even think their squad's that good. No, no, no. It's unbalanced. I think it's overhyped. 
I think they've got he's a lot of names. overhyped and overrated. I don't, I don't think it's that good. I, I, I think people are going, oh, because you've got Ronaldo, Fernandez is obviously a big name, and Maguire was a lot of money. I, I, Wan Bissaka, where, what team would he get in at the moment? Who would have, who would put Harry Maguire in their team at the moment? Yeah, well, that's Lindelof, that's, that's mean, one of the points, isn't it? During this this period, uh, uh, take it, you know, six seven weeks. Of some players, and you could, you know, you as you, you mentioned, two of them, Maguire, Shaw's been pretty pretty average, really, at the moment. Um, Fred McTominay, all these. When you get a player that doesn't play well, I thought the same was. Well, you've got a big squad, you drop him because he's not playing well. But one of Ollie's big mistakes, and don't get me wrong, I'm Ollie's biggest supporter. I, I love the bloke. I think he's smashing. But at the end of the day, well, you are like twenty stone. Yeah, well, what's that got to do with it? Tosspot. You are biggest supporter. But the point is, he he didn't he didn't drop people when he should have dropped people. No. So he has brought a little bit of it on himself, I think. And it also looks bad as a club. You've found Gene Sancho for a lot of money. You've found Donny yeah. Van der Beek for a lot of money, and they're not getting games. I mean, that's just mm. what's that? Well, when you well, when you've you've gone after Van der Beek, not Van der, Van der Beek, you've gone after Sancho for two seasons in a row. Yeah. 18 months they've been chasing that lad, and he's not had a snip. Rick, Rick, remember, remember, remember when we spoke earlier, though, uh, like a few months back, I, we, we, we were talking about Ronaldo. I said that I thought the Man United signing Ronaldo would be detrimental. And I think that has probably sealed Oli's yeah. fate because... Everything they've built, they've gone against. I think the reason he plays two holding midfielders with Fred and McTominay is because you get defensively next to nothing out of Ronaldo. And in the Premier League, you cannot afford to have passengers. So they've had to double up. Into, they've had to play an extra defender in midfield. And everyone keeps saying, yeah, but like, I've had this discussion with boys. I say, yeah, but he scored so many goals. But yeah, Man United, I agree. They've, they've, ch- they've changed how they play to fit Ronaldo in. Yeah. They would have scored other yeah. other goals had he not been playing. Yeah, so you need you need someone buzzing around and making angles and getting in behind Fernandez. Unless he can find Ronaldo straight to his feet. It's... Well, the last last time he was there, they used to play play a front three, and Ronaldo did no work then. He he was as successful as he, he was. He was electric then. He was electric. He, he, was a, he was fast. Yeah, but he also had Tevez and Rooney that would work their backsides off for him. Yeah, exactly. Houston Park yeah. in behind, and he's not got... Yeah. As much as I'm a critic of Jesse Lingard, I'd have made sure he was playing all the time Ronaldo was playing because he'll, he'll run for it. He'll do his running yeah. for him. And they've got no one there. It is, it's a way of adapting to sort Ronaldo because there's even talk now saying about, you know, had, had he gone to City, or he would have scored, scored goals... And whatever, and you can't say that um, City need a, a centre forward that's bombing I, around. I, I, I don't even know if he played Man City. I don't even think he played Man City. You don't like him? I don't think. I don't know how Man City would. I don't think Pep Guardiola would ever put one player before his whole philosophy. Oh, but that's why he's not on there. Yeah. Other than Messi, if he, went, if he went there, he wouldn't have been the legend that he is at United. So they probably would have been. No, he wouldn't. But Josh, you're you're, you're, ever... a, you're a professional player, right? Now, what yeah. what motivates you? You go out to play for Yeovil, right? Now you get yeah. paid a certain salary, um, you get certain certain benefits, I guess, from being a footballer. But what what motivates? If if your form suddenly dips, 
I mean, you, you're not just going to say, oh, well, my form's dip. You're going to try, I'm assuming, that you're going to try your best to make sure that your form comes back. But how difficult is yeah. it, personally, when your form does drop? I mean, is it, you know, how difficult is it to get it back? I mean, do you have to really, um, you know? It's, it's mainly a confidence thing, isn't it? Like, I think probably it's, confidence, it's the confidence thing, but... When you're saying like the reason, what do I do? Like you, you only have to walk around the town and the little the kids who sometimes sort you for pictures and like, your my brother's probably my biggest fan in the world. Hmm. So like that's the reason I do it so I can try and give people some happiness, like make people's weekends. It's not for me. I don't. It's not obviously I have pride in what I do, but I'm not doing it for me. I'm not, I'm not that selfish. I'm doing it for other people and like I think a lot of people would have that same. But you've got to remember, we're, I can't even comprehend. I, don't, I own absolutely minuscule amounts compared to people in, the, in that, that level. And I genuinely don't know sometimes how they do get motivated. And if they're, if they're not playing, they just go, oh, well, still getting 100000 a week. They're just completely out of touch. I doubt many of them live in the, in the town. I doubt many of them have been to Manchester Town Centre and seen normal people. Hmm. No, but I, I, mean, just, I just wonder because, you know, the, the, the form of the whole... The whole team virtually. There aren't many that you could single out and say they played well. Uh, has just fallen off a cliff. It's, it's, and, and I just, you know, how well, do you get it back? I know probably. I might touch on stuff you've covered, obviously in the past. I've been on for a few weeks, but um, like if I take it back to that Man City, the Man City, Man Man City game, and that goal that Bernardo Silva scores at the far post. Hmm. I mean, why that is just like such bad defending between Shaw, Maguire, Lindelof, and De Gea. It's simple. Just tell him to go and edit. Just tell him to go and edit the ball. Yeah. You know that's not form. That's not what your form is. That's you need to be fit to go and do that. And, look, and, look at one Saka on on Saturday. First, the first Watford goal. Who was who gave him a shout? Because he could have just let that go over his head and it would have been a goal kick. Instead of that, he heads it straight up in the air and creates danger and panic in his own penalty. He didn't have to go anywhere near it. The defence communication over communication. But my, 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 what I would say is, when you're having when when you're having a period of a tough period, you're it's where the basics matter. Like your characters in the group stand up and say, "I'm going to win a header. I'm going to win a tackle. Yeah. I'm going to run for a ball I was never basics. ever going to get." And it's the basics. But how have Man United got them characters? Or they've got them. They've definitely got their egos. But have yeah. they got the characters? Well, yeah. Like the Roy Keane. Look at Roy, Roy Keane gets mocked for the way he analyses the game afterwards and he gets passionate and he calls out players and whatever. But the one thing he does consistently say is about characters. And if you haven't got that, you can have all the skill in the world. But when you're out of form, what have you got to fall back on? You know, it's just that basic desire yeah. to win and be the best you can. That's, that's all fans ever want. Fans will fans yeah. give a team if they're They'll playing badly, but they're chasing so, yeah. every single ball. And... You're winning every. You're competing for every single corner. There's no free. Like Tom said, that goal against Man City at the back post. That's oh. someone having a set of balls and going and win the ball and making sure. Yeah, like, just tell it. I got me John funny, ball. Josh. You, you just you just scream at your partner. Get rid of head it. Just yeah, scream it and head it. Just make make him do it. You know just make him make him do it. Not passing the buck onto the onto the next guy. You make a decision yourself, whether I mean, it's right or wrong. You've that, committed that, to it. And not passed it on. Well, well, another question a minute. You got Michael Carrick tomorrow. He's got to pick a team. Now, who would you pick for that team, or or put it another way, who would you drop from the team? Um, I'd change the back four. I'd 
I don't know what I'd do with midfield. I think I'd bring De Bacon. I thought he looked really good against Watford when he came on. Ironic that he scores the last goal under Ollie. Yeah. And he couldn't the game. Hmm. Um, I'd, I don't know what I'd do to be honest. But, you know, to get back, to get back to basics, you, you said you'd drop, you, you'd change the back four. OK, well, yeah, who are you going to change? So, all right, Tellez is an obvious choice to come in for sure, pres- presumably. Yeah, um, yeah. Who's going to come in for Maguire? Well, I wouldn't personally rate Eric Bailly because I think he's too inconsistent. So you, you could even be talking about Phil Jones coming in. Now, I mean, I, I don't know. But who else have they got that's a the big enough, you know, player to be able to take that role on and then you've well, got Dallow I presume will go on the other side but I think anyone could do better than I think you could put a youth team player out get, you get just as much out of him as you get out of Maguire at the moment yeah. but that's the thing with Eric Bailly is he's he's rolled the dice isn't it one day he's brilliant one day he's rubbish at least with Maguire you know he's going to be rubbish so go with Eric and, Bailly you've got 50-50 and, chance you're going to get a performance and I like Bailly because he'll throw his body in front of anything exactly and as a fan, that is all you want to see. Exactly what you were just saying. If Even if he's hopeless, if he's putting a shift in, people will forgive an awful lot. It's when they're not saying this, the I'm, not saying this, I'm not saying this will happen, but from your perspective, what happens if Carrick only makes two changes and United beat Villarreal 4-0? I mean... It's got to tell you something about the players, isn't it? If that happened, that would be... that sometimes happens. But I think that would be a terrible indictment of the players if they suddenly won out and won four 0 tomorrow, and it was more or less Ollie's team, because that. I'm would... pretty sure that's what happened when Jose left Chelsea that season when um, it all exploded with Diego Costa, etc. I think they lost two one to Leicester City when they won the title, and then I think their next game they won like five nil at home or something. We're pretty much the same team. Oh. It's, it's really hard because I think obviously I'm, I'm, a, I'm a player so it's, my perspective is different but I've always thought if I went into management I'd want players I trust yeah players I trust so I know at three o'clock they're going to go down there even if they're having their worst game of their life they're going to make it as difficult as they can for the other player and how many players have Man United got like that Mm. Well, it makes me laugh when you get Bruno Fernandes going over at the end of the game and saying, don't blame Oli, pointing to the players. They've had 90 minutes. They, and, if and they were that, 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 they've that, had just had 80, 90 minutes, they could have made a difference. And they've had months to do that. Exactly. It's, 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 it's honestly like watching WWE. It, is, it drives me mad. I, can't even, I, can't, I can barely even watch it anymore. Yeah. I find it that, like, I feel like as a footballer, I've never been more... Never been further away to a Premier League football in football in my mind as I am at this time of time of my life. Obviously, ability wise and stuff like that. But I look at them, I think they must think they play a different game. Hmm. It's entitlement. Just think they've just got to turn up, collect the whatever, and it's just ridiculous. Absolutely no, ridiculous. Right, the bubble's going to burst. I think people will lose interest in it. A lot, I know a lot of people that have, but, and a lot of people are returning to football at. at lower levels because at least yeah. the, the technique might not be there but at least you've got players that do give put a shift in it's, 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 it's honest blokes doing doing what yeah. you want to see as a fan you want to see players who inspire you don't you? who you'd give anything to be in their position yeah so you want to see people who actually act like you would if you were in that position whereas they've, they've been in they've been in what academies and whatever there was a story that Patrice Edra and I love Patrice Edwards. I think he's excellent. But it's indicative of the fact that 
when he was living in Manchester, a bulb went and he rang the club to get someone to change a light bulb for him because he didn't know how to do it. But that's just an example yeah. of the sort of lifestyle that these, these guys are living. It's mental. It's absolutely yeah. mental. And it's going to come crashing down sooner or later because I do know a lot of people that have fallen out of love with the game because it's not the game they recognise anymore. Yeah. I just think, I don't know how sustainable it is anymore. I think, like you say, like I think it was you, Rick, Rick said, Old Trafford is like a tourist attraction. It's like a... Yeah. It's a theme park. It's a theme park, yeah. It's not even like... More people have their phones out than they do watching the football. Yeah. I've heard that from proper supporters who said, you know, they, they've been watching the game and the guy in front of them has been either live streaming it or recording it on his yeah. phone. What is the point? Stay home. Watch it. Let somebody who cares turn up. Literally, literally Rick, every penalty... All you see is people behind the goal with their phones out. Yeah. It's mental. It makes, yeah, but that's, it that is society, a... isn't it? Society in phones, everybody's got their phone with them. Everybody's fiddling with their phone. I'm not as bad as anybody else. But if I'm bored, I'll sit and look at the things that come messaging through on the phone. It's it's a way of life now. You can't change it. It's 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 got us... The whole, the whole social media, phone, the whole aspect of it, we're all hooked on it. Not necessarily yeah, because we want to be hooked, but we just are hooked. You know. That, that's what I'm saying about the integrity of the players. Is Bruno Fernandes walking over there, actually pointing at the players, mm. thinking it's our responsibility, or is he just doing it because it looks good on social media? Yeah, a few more likes. Why don't you say that behind closed doors, keep the gaffer out of the dressing room and say, boys, this is on us. Like, Oh, when they come out with the apologies on, on Twitter and are we go again and it's oh, not yeah, good yeah. you've got... You've got every opportunity. If you're that fed up with it and you're that upset about it, go out and play football properly. Rick, have you seen all the, have you seen all the thanks, Ollie, today? Thanks, Ollie, giving yeah. me my chance. You signed me. Yeah. Uh, um, giving, giving me a little... enough to keep you in your job, but, you uh, know, uh, yeah. All a bit late. It would be ashamed. Ought to be oh, thoroughly ashamed. I would, I, would no, I would have no problem if it was... They were getting... They were just weren't very good. But they just look like like when Maguire's getting nicked, when, like the goal. I can't think of who was against where they get it nicked off oh. in the corner of the box. And they like threw it in the top corner. Yeah. And just think that's got nothing to do with that. Looks like players who think they cannot lose their shirt. I think they're going to play every week regardless. Because if that if one of us done that, Jesus, we'd rip each other's heads off. No one's even talking to him. No one's even having a go at him. No. And you He's think they sort that out amongst themselves and not ah, just beggar's belief. I must just point out as well that um, Watford played very well this weekend because I'd feel sorry to be a Watford fan because literally no one's talking about probably one of their best results for years because it's all a bit about United's demise. But I just thought I'd throw in that Watford played quite well. They did in the first half, but I didn't think they were that good in the second half. I mean, I didn't watch it because I was listening to it on MUTV. But, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I didn't think Watford were that good in the second half. But look, we've gone on for... 40 minutes nearly now on United and uh, I'm feeling ill. So uh, why don't we move on to the fact that Gareth Southgate has got a new contract. What do we all think about that? No answer. <laughs> What's a stern reply? <laughs> well, he's Great not going to be United manager. Now he's signed a new contract with England. But um, um, no, I, I don't think um, it's it, it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing for England. What What's really surprised me is that um, I know that social media isn't a really good barometer, as we've just been touching on. But um, the amount of fans that are sort of saying, oh, but what's he won? 
And it's like, okay, right. So that's an interesting one because going into the Euros, the expectation was that, oh, if, you know, if England get to the latter stages, that would be quite good success. They got to a semi-final of the World Cup and then the final and only just missed out by penalty. I don't really understand those who think that Gareth Southgate could have really done too much more, really, with what he's got. I'm quite excited that he signed a, a, a new extension. We've got some really good young players coming through. Yeah, OK, the timing might be a little bit bad because if we get knocked out of the group stages in Qatar, then... Yes, questions certainly do need to be asked. But I think if you're actually looking at it on its merits at the moment, I really don't see it as being a problem. And not only that, it's the Man United situation from an England perspective at the moment. If Gareth was to go, who are you bringing in? There's not really an obvious candidate out there. Certainly not who's, um, you know, if you look at the under-21s and underneath that as well, I don't think there's anyone really ready to go uh, in his place. So I think it's kind of the obvious sort of progression for the moment. You mentioned there about uh, the, signing the contract and the timing aspect of it, if they go out of the group stages of guitar. It's the same thing that's happened at United. The, the, the three of the last four managers, I think, have been given uh, a brand new contract and then been sacked within three months. So Southgate was offered this contract immediately after the Euros. Yeah. And he said he wanted to wait until qualification was secured. And yeah, it was his choice, wasn't it? Yeah. I yeah, just he think he's one of those blokes who I think he's suited to international management as opposed to club management because he didn't pull up any trees at Middlesbrough. And he just seemed, and I, I was very skeptical when he, when he got the England job, just thought it was another yes man. But he, he'd been with the under 21s, he saw what was coming through, and he's, and he's brought them on. And you, you, can't, knock, you can't knock his record. So, no, what, what, is there any yeah, question? It, it, no, it was. I mean, the final was a shame and stuff like that. But you know, it's Potluck it's a difficult job. I think I think he's done well overall. You can't really argue with that. Um, I think he he conducts himself really well as well. And some yeah. people might well, that doesn't really matter. But I think if you're the actual no, of English football, I think there's not many people in world football, to be honest, who comes across as good as he does, and certainly off the field stuff as well. And I think that when you compare it to the whole package. Um, right man for the right time at the moment. Yeah. Not going to disagree with you. Here, here. <laughs> Has he got your number, Josh? <laughs> no. <laughs> don't reckon. No, I doubt it, mate. Not quite at that calibre. I think he's done well. He's done it right, hasn't he? He's done a good job and the players seem to like playing for him, so... Josh, you are, twice, you are twice the player Harry Maguire is at the moment, Sam. Oh, yes, yeah, so are you, Hilda. <laughs> That's not <laughs> Danny with faint praise. Josh, let's just talk about Yeovil for a minute, having moved off from uh, uh, Gareth Southgate. Um, you know, time time is a, is a great healer, they say, uh, and it certainly seems to have healed some of our woes. I mean, the team is playing really well at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I think to be honest, with you, mate, it's, it's, there's a lot of young players in the team, and like. Not just young in, in age, but hadn't played much, hadn't played a full season, and probably didn't understand the ups and downs of a season, and probably were too emotionally driven. Um, and I think the boys, I think the probably turning point for me was Weymouth at home when they scored late on. We we had a, we had some, we had a conversation in the dressing room, and I think it kind of gave them a realization of what 
adult football is like the younger boys and, and, it, and it kind of like sent a message to the older boys that we need to help the young lads and, and I think we've come out of that well and we've kind of like adapted how we were playing we've we've changed what we were doing and the Gaffer and Terry have been unbelievable at like nurturing the younger players and building their confidence because it is massively a confidence thing especially as, as the, pre- the there's a lot of pressure at Yeovil to do well and young players wouldn't have played in front of fans some of them boys and it's all, it's all a lot to take in and uh, I think hopefully we've turned a corner I think the, the performances are definitely better and like there's a that's a that's a, a team of honest honest blokes honest lads and I think when you've got an honest team you can you can push yourselves as far as you possibly can really Before the replay result was known did you expect to be playing MK Dons rather than Stevenage? Um, do you know what? It was a bit of a. I don't. I didn't really have much idea which way it was going to go because MK Dons are a good footballing team. I, I think from previous experiences, but FA Cup away from home is tricky to go and dominate a game possession wise. And you know, they scored real late on, didn't they? Stephen, it's like extra time. Last kick of the game, nearly, wasn't it? So yeah, it was a last minute penalty. I think. Yeah, I was, I was expecting it to go to penalties, and it would have been a bit of a lottery but um, no I don't think really to be honest the, the way our mindset is at the moment I think we're trying to focus on ourselves more than anyone else so we're just trying to uh, it, it didn't we didn't really have a massive like favour of what way it was going to go to be honest Now that you know it is Stephen what do you think now I mean you know do you think you've got a better chance? Um, well you, you like the the league table suggests we've got a better chance, doesn't it? Because we're much closer to the Stevenage than we are MK Dons. But um, I think if I think you've got, you, I think we'd have fancied ourselves against either of them. I think it would be. I think there's only two two leagues, and there'll be a lot of players of similar stature. Um, and it's just who would who would have been who would have is there um, is there a bit more of a buzz, Josh? When um, I know the players don't really want to get too much ahead of yourselves, but when you know that it is FA Cup third round, which is after this, which is obviously the big one for clubs that you know, particularly at this level, oh, definitely, definitely. Like we're just we're just a lot of us are football fans, you know, in the just as much as anyone else. Do you know what I mean like the dream come true to go and play somewhere massive? I think the difference is it's. It's a, we've still got to get. We understand in order to get that reward, we have to get the job done against Stevenage. But I'd be lying if I wasn't saying here sitting here. And you, you sometimes your mind drifts and you think, oh, I could be playing against so and so, or Jesus, that'd be just, a just touch on that. It was it was the second round draw last time. But did any of you boys watch the FA Cup draw last time? Because I was so disappointed that Yeovil were the first ball out because you get you get so used you get so excited for watching the draw and then it was number seven Yeovil and you're like oh that's done then. That slipped in there, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but the cut run does really seem to have to have helped Yeovil because the forms turned round, especially since the the Weymouth replay look like a completely different side and it's like the confidence has come through. It is one of those times when a cut run looks like it's made all the difference to the boys, Josh. Yeah, Rick, the, the, that night against Weymouth and like, mm-hmm. in hindsight now, 
it, it, it's lovely to have been three up, but I would not have changed it. Yeah, I would not have changed winning on penalties and having that connection with the fans and and in the steward on the ad. <laughs> yeah, <it> went, <laughs> went viral, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, um, brilliant. We, we were having a real tough time for that, and like the the pressure might have been getting to a few of the boys and. And you kind of like go inside yourself, especially when you're a younger player, you kind of go into like protection mode and stop taking risks. Huge disappointment as well, Josh, because of the fact of how the first game went as well, with obviously the last minute goal. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that's a massive shift of momentum, even going into, because there's only two days between the games. So that was a massive shift in momentum. And to come out and still, well, we should have won the game comfortably, really. But um, that extra, that, like everyone standing up to do 120 minutes and then the boys sorting their penalties away when needed and then that connection with the fans we built that night was like it was harmonious do you know what I mean like that's why you play and we built such a rapport with the fans that night because it beating your rivals massive and it was it was it was really over, overwhelming really and uh, I think that kind of like was a bit of a wake-up call for everyone. I definitely, I definitely think that has built a relationship with the fans, and and like we understand how hard we work. The more hard, the harder we work, the better that the reception is going to be. And like that buzz hasn't really left since we've played that game. Josh, do you reckon that's why Joe quickly decided to miss the penalty at the end of the game just to create that extra drama? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with all fans. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> We're sorry, <laughs> I remember when uh, yeah. uh, what was the name of that little short French guy with an outlandish name Mr Penalty against Carlisle come and help me here Zoko. Zoko I remember I was sat down that end taking photographs the weather was absolutely bitterly cold. cold it was freezing yeah. and I'm thinking oh we've got a penalty we can sew this up now and I can go in and get warm and what happens he walks up and misses the bloody penalty and we had, a, we had half an hour of extra time there so for which time I was almost dead I think but uh, and then AD I think I think Yeovil went out on penalties that night as well yeah they did they did they lost so you know that was the sickness really but at least at least Yeovil didn't against Weymouth and you know do you think the fact that it was Weymouth made made that that connection between you and the fans that much stronger because of the yeah. the history yeah. of Weymouth and all the rest of it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like that was the first time. I know there was Weymouth games last year, weren't there? But they were behind closed doors. Yeah, and that was the first time we really you could see like to bring that many numbers down on the Tuesday night after a disappointing end to a Saturday is ridiculous. Like mm. what was it? Nearly a thousand people there. And it was freezing, and it was wet, and it was horrible, and it was just like it just like unified the whole club on the play on the playing front. Yeah, and it kind of uh, showed everyone that we're in it with them. Do you know what I mean? We're in it with the fans, kind of thing. And it was it was a really special night for the club, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's uh, it's good stuff, and it's all going well. So you keep it going, old dog. Yeah, I'll try, mate. Yeah, yeah well, it's all down to you, you know. I mean, <laughs> but, oh, but it must be good to have Luke Luke Wilkinson back as well, um, because yeah, he makes yeah. he, he makes a major part. And I see Max Hunt got man of the match today uh, at um, uh, wherever you were, Dagenham on Saturday. So um, you know, again, you got three 
two or three solid defenders in there that are going to going to sort of stiffen up the back four really. Yeah, well, hopefully long long may it continue. But yeah, Wilco's a massive player to have back, and like the the battles he wins, some of the headers he wins are phenomenal. Right, and obviously Hunty has done well for for several weeks now, and and he'll only get stronger by having Wilco next to him. So. Yeah, they're definitely and the back. To be fair, the two young lads, the Mossy at right back has been incredible. Like probably yeah. one of the most assured right backs I've played with, and he's only twenty years old. Yeah, and Jordan is as good as one v one defender as I've played with. Very, very good one v one defender. Josh, we're still we're still waiting, and so are the listeners for that Three Valleys Radio celebration. Yeah, well, Jesus Christ, man. hopefully I won't keep us waiting forever, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be having a go. <laughs> yeah, the cameras have been trained on you, mind. But um, <laughs> do, you, do you prefer playing more midfield than, than defending or what? Um, yeah, I think I, I prefer playing midfield. It's quite an adaption to make after, I think it was nine weeks at centre-half. Yeah. Just to go in, cause obviously you've got yeah, and tackled from 365 deg- 360 degrees again. But um, it's just kind of like finding your feet. But I just try and... I like playing midfield. I try and think differently to other players so I'm more like protecting, protective than and let the players play. It's yeah. players flourish, but um, yeah, look, I'm more than happy to do a job anywhere. <laughs> well, long may it continue, mate. Um, yeah. We all mentioned Dean Smith before we close because we're getting close to closing time. Um, I thought he did quite well, really. He seems to have, uh, you know, got Norwich going a little bit. Uh, must have been well pleased to win. What do you think? Have we written them off too early? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't get half of that. You all went the same time. Go on, Hilda, what are you going to say? Go on, say? Tom. Oh. Um, I was going to say, um, have we written them off too early? Because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about how that they could potentially sort of be lining up the same kind of points as Derby. And then they got, went and got that win under Farker that night that they sacked him. And like Tom's just touched on, that's now back-to-back wins. And suddenly Newcastle were bottom of the table. So suddenly got quite interesting. Um, I still think it's going to be a bit of a struggle for them, but... If they can make their home form half decent, then I guess they've suddenly got as good a chance as anyone of getting out of it all of a sudden. Yeah, I think that's what he said on a, in an interview, um, that they want to make Carrow Road difficult for people to come to and try and get as many results as they can there. Which is standard, really, isn't it? If you, if you can win a lot of your home games and you've got half a chance. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. But well, getting uh, Billy Gilmore in and getting him playing made a difference as well because for some reason the, the loan signings that Farker got in, Williams and um, Gilmore weren't getting a game, and now yeah. um, Dean Smith's coming in, brought them both in, and, and Gilmore was outstanding. Yeah, well, he's a good little player, isn't he? To be he's fair, a very good player. Yeah, like you said, it's yeah. play, playing a certain system. You get the best out of certain players, don't you? So, you know, it's not what getting managers to changing. Like but why do you think that uh, Ollie didn't play Van der Beek? Anybody got any ideas? I mean, do you think it was a personal thing or what? Because, you know, there were so many opportunities to bring him into the side and he never took them. I mean, I thought for certain he'd start on Saturday and he didn't. Um, do you think it was a personal thing or do you think, I don't know, just wonder what you think? I'd like to think not, because you'd like to think not. But, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he looked like he was pulling up roots, didn't he, when he was at... Oh yeah, he looked like a world beater in Frankie De Jong and that in there. He looked class. So, you know, I don't, I don't see why he has it. It's not like McTominay and Fred have been consistently playing well, is it? I mean, no. you must have thought there had been a way to coach him into playing your way. 
can uh, and certainly give it a go. Don't just don't die wondering. Yeah. At least if you try yeah. it and fail, that's one thing. But don't not try it when th- everything else is going wrong. It, it, it just defies logic, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he's got legs. You know what I mean? Right? He's not electric quick, but he, you know he got legs. He'll, he'll last the game once he's yeah. fit. fit. And he's you reckon he's te- technically good and a good passer of the ball. So you reckon yeah. he's a certain starter against Villarreal? Well, be interested in seeing as Michael Carrick's a midfielder to see who he, who he picks in there, won't it? Really? Yeah. I should think if he's not picked, it's got to be telling him something, or there's got to be some major problem if he's not picked. I would have thought. Because I mean, with Pog- yeah. Pogba out as well, there's a spare place there for sure. I mean, you just, I don't know, very strange, very very strange. And of course, the I first. Not being funny, if, if if you had, if you've got Van der Beek, or um, Fernandez and Sancho or Ras- Greenwood, whatever, you'd like to think they could keep the ball pretty well, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You know. Well, because he won't get Greenwood in because he's got COVID, hasn't he? So he will, he'll be out. Uh, well, that's not a bad thing. But uh, okay. But don't you rate Greenwood, then? That's a bit harsh. Well, I, I, I do. <laughs> he's 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 prom he's a he's a promise, but he's just a bit clueless, isn't he? I think without being disrespectful, I know he's young young lad, but he's a bit headless at times. I don't think he quite knows what he's supposed to be doing a lot of the time. That's again possibly why well, I know people talk about, it, but Pochettino's pretty good at bringing players on and if he does get a job I'd like to see what improvement he can make because I don't feel as though Greenwood's gone forward in the last year and a half at all I'd agree with that I'd agree with that but uh, yeah well it's interesting but yeah I mean it could be that by the time the next time we do the show we could have a new manager at Manchester United so uh, because it wouldn't surprise me at all if 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 Pochettino's making the right noises which he appears to be that he might well be there I know Rick ain't going to be very impressed but I'm I'm still old the night for Brendan Rodgers I'm glad they lost at the weekend because I'm hoping he'll uh, I think we should go for him hmm. He's, that's a non-starter non-starter you ima- if you imagine if you're Brendan Rodgers and it's fine as long as he could guarantee winning every game but he's an ex-Liverpool manager as soon as he loses a game yeah. that's going to be brought up he'll never get away from that yeah he won't let Liverpool for long though was he he won there a lot he's, sti- he's still an ex-Liverpool man- manager and it just wouldn't work well, on that note, Japs, we better close because we haven't got any more time. Uh, all I can say is that uh, Yeovil will play against Bromley tomorrow. Sadly, we won't be able to broadcast it because we haven't got any staff because they're all working during the day and they can't get to Bromley. But um, we will be doing a score check show uh, during the evening. But, of course, by the time you hear this, it'll already been over. But at least um, we hope that Yeovil will have won. By the time you hear this, and uh, yeah, well done, Josh. <laughs> of course, great yeah. win, Josh. Yeah, good luck, Josh. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you. Yeah, just just keep it going, Josh. That's all you've got to do, mate. It's easy, really, isn't it? Absolutely easy. But in the meantime, <laughs> thanks, Hilda. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Tom. And thanks, Josh. And uh, Cheers, boys. we'll see you all again next week. Thank you very much for joining us. Goodbye. Dinner's up. Deal. a bloom shoots up through the stony ground there's no room